Everybody's more productive when you have a checklist. Your retirement checklist coming up. And now, Iron Plan Radio with Mal and Shane. Welcome in, everybody. Iron Plan Radio is the show. Mal Mason is here. Che Kyle is here. I'm Steve Sadal. We have been uh, putting together this uh, really a great checklist um, for retirement, and I think that that's a that's a big thing. Um, and uh, you know, topping that list. By the way, hi. How are you? Doing great, Steve. Doing great. Thank you. <laughs> Good. I was getting I was getting ahead of myself. Ready to sometime. go? Are you? Yeah. That's that's how you got to get into it quick. They say. Uh, <laughs> But uh, anyway, so I like this because, you know, you talk about, you know, going down a road to retirement and, and uh, having a checklist. And I think that we've talked about this in some form or another, um, you know, over the, the months that we've been doing the show. And topping that list has got to be have a written plan. Boy, how many times have you said that? Mm. I mean, yeah, if, it's one thing to have an idea in your head. If you don't have a written plan, it'll be easy to really walk off task you're not even following anything you know you, d- you need something written down something mm-hmm. that you can look at again and see if you're really following that path so when we say a holistic plan what do we mean well hopefully the your plan is factual tried proven comprehensive so I, I, you know i don't i don't really know i've never really thought of any plan that i did as holistic um I, I, to make sure that it's built for what they need and what they expect. Mm-hmm. And when you custom fit a plan, you have to ask a lot of questions to be sure that you you get the result that you want. So I think that as long as the, the end game is that that's what you have or if you want to reach out to us and have us take a second look at it to make sure that's what you think you have, the one thing I want to warn everybody against is don't take advice from people who aren't licensed to give it. Mm, yeah. There's so many experts out there that do everything but what we do, mm-hmm. and they've retired nobody, including <laughs> themselves. You make a great point, Mel. So just, <laughs> sure. you know, make sure that who you're talking to, number one, that they're willing, instead of tell you what they want to do, are they willing to listen to what you want? Mm-hmm. They. We have a thousand different solutions. Which one's right for you? Mm-hmm. We, we don't get to sell the cookie cutter version. Exactly. Are all pieces of your plan part of the whole? And, and to do that, you have to have a comprehensive plan. Well, and j- written down. Just you know? this morning, Steve, give you a great example. Really good friend of mine, he's a client of mine. Uh, he has a previous relationship with another uh, broker. Not, I don't know if he's a fiduciary or not, but he's a broker for certain. And uh, he's got a, a pretty good chunk of money there, and he likes the job. And, you know, I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. I, I run the entire plan, the comprehensive part of it, which is right now there's seven moving pieces. That's just one piece. And I asked him, I said, and he, he was telling me all about it. And he said, what do you think about that? I said, I think it's fine. I said, have, have the two of you discussed the taxes if you're – if X amount of money grows to be twice that much in 10 years, when you spend it, what's the what's the outcome? What's the tax picture? He said, well, you know, right now, he said, I said, okay, I understand that. So it was capital gains. I said, but did you stress that? What do you mean? I said, well, did you double that tax rate? Well, no, why should I? <laughs> Maybe because we're $33 trillion in debt and they're going to have to increase taxes? 
<laughs> so you might better think about the what if and know that as well. If there's ever been a time to over-prepare, this would be it. So, you know, when, 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 when you talk about a checklist, okay, so if you checked that box and you liked it, it's not set it and forget it. You, you have to, to stay with every moving piece yeah. to make sure that mm-hmm. the, end, the end game is where you want it. Exactly. So, yeah, check, and, and I'll say this. Let me make everybody out there feel better about something. Probably 95% of the people out there has never done a checklist. <laughs> and I'm telling you that from doing this every day. Exactly. And that's what we're offering. I'm, we're not criticizing. Come make a checklist. Mm-hmm. Come give me your checklist. Let's talk about what should or shouldn't be on your checklist. So let's you know? t- let's talk about what should or shouldn't be on your checklist now. I mean, oh, yeah. we talk about making a budget. That's That's got to be on the list. It's big on the list. That should be number one of the it's, written plan. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you can't even start saving until you know how much you can save. So in, in order to do that, you need to know how much you're spending. And that, that takes making a budget. That's, you know, yeah. no one likes to write the list down of how much you spend at yeah. the grocery store. Or I'm going to tell you a funny note about that, Steve, on, on Chey right now. <laughs> I get to make fun of her for a little bit. <laughs> so evidently, Chey's a lot nicer and a lot more approachable than I am. <laughs> evidently. Okay. Evidently. And she makes fun of my age, but I can't tell you the last time someone told me all about the things they wanted to do, and I've actually had to say, yeah, but you you, you don't even know what you spent last month. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, the people who talk to me do, and the ones that don't talk to Che. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I, I can't tell you how many times in the past 12 months I've heard her say, but if you don't know what you spent, I can't help you. I mean, really. It's- so <laughs> if you've never written down what you spend every month, Start right there. Mm-hmm. That's an eye opener, yeah. and it's almost uh, necessary for you to change. I mean, it glares at you so hard you think, "Well, I need to quit going in the Circle K." <laughs> That's three hundred dollars a month. So, anyway, yeah, that and and a spending. If you're gonna make a budget, make a spending plan. Mm-hmm. Um, the old theory out there about envelopes. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever you got to do to make it work. Most people don't care cash anymore, so the envelope thing is out the window. I mean, right. I mean, but it worked. It worked for a long time. Sure. Um, like you said, make a plan. You need to start knowing how much you're going to spend and sort of sticking to it. You know, make yourself accountable to yourself. Well, and, and pay attention to your credit. Mm-hmm. And more and more, every time you buy cars, everything you do in this world is, is, is going to come back to your credit score and your social habits. And they're underwriting you, and you're, you're being – charged by by your score your risk factor score mm-hmm. so you know i don't want to get into credit right now but i can t- i can go through about 10 little credit tricks that'll bump your credit score if your credit score is 650 it'll bump it to 750 in seven months why because we've had to do it mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. little things like that uh, let's see what else what else you said what about your health care Okay, what about your health care? we got to consider that. That's, a, that's obviously on the list. Well, you know, the, the damnedest part of that, pardon the way I put it, is they, they signed it and then read it. <laughs> <laughs> I know and, what you're talking about. And, and I don't mind telling everybody that my and my wife, we're 57 and 58, my health insurance with a, in my opinion, a, a, a big deductible, um, and maximum out of pocket of around ten grand is seventeen hundred and thirty-one dollars a month. Jeez, 
That's crazy. And the reason that is is because a bunch of people got insurance that wasn't insurable, and then they got lied to about if they, if they didn't make enough, then they would Obamacare would pay the difference, but then you get taxed on that at tax time. Mm. You know, so it's not free, but there's no competition in it anymore, so that's not going to get better. And the only reason I go through all that is if you're 57 or 60, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. your biggest expense between now and Medicare is healthcare. Is healthcare. Mm-hmm. You just take it to. I, I can't tell you how many clients we have that are 62, 63, and they say, man, I can't quit until I get to Medicare. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that that, that just makes sense for a lot it's $25, of people. It's $25,000, Steve. Yes. I mean, I mean that's a lot know. of money. Exactly. And they don't know. They're surprised. <laughs> Sometimes they're very surprised. Yeah. Uh, well, they'll come in here and tell us, well, we think we're ready to quit. And we look at all their money and they go, yeah, well, yeah, we're going to quit. And then. I tell them, well, go down to Blue Cross Blue Shield and find out what you, you know, if you quit, you're going to have to carry your own health insurance. And they come back and they say, no, nah, we're going to work three more days. <laughs> <laughs> it's an eye opener for sure, I'm telling you. And then, you know, tax planning. Oh, yeah. If you, the, the good news is, is if you have not started, you don't have any mistakes to undo. Mm-hmm. If you have started and you put money away pre tax, you need to address that right now. You need to go back to your advisor, make a meeting today. Not don't put it off. And if you if you don't have an advisor or your advisor hadn't talked to you about the taxes due on that, then you need to call me right now at 888-532-0503 because that is your biggest enemy in retirement. And you better understand the way the IRS views your pension and your 401k and every dime that you put away. Mm-hmm. And you better plan for it, and you better understand what that looks like if that number doubles. I mean, I, I, I'm not. This isn't doomsday. This is just the facts. Where we got a debt to income ratio as a country of 134 mm. percent. Taxes are going to go up. What are you going to do about it? If you stick your head in the dirt, like most people do, it'll be waiting on you when you get there. Mm-hmm. So you tax deferred that money at 25 percent so that you could pay 40 on it in retirement. Oh. Mm. That's how they're going to pay the bills, Steve. Yep. Now, and people say, oh, yeah, okay, I'm crazy. We'll go back and look in history. Mm-hmm. 1946, World War II. We were 120% debt-to-income ratio. Maximum marginal tax bracket, 94%. Mm-hmm. 94%. Yeah. Ronald Reagan said, well, you can count me out after a quarter million dollars because I'm not going to make $1 above a quarter million. He was an actor in Hollywood. He yeah. says, no way I'm giving 94 cents of a dollar to anybody. Makes sense. I mean, <laughs> at least well, he had the guts do to do something about it someday. You know, at least when he got, when he finally got to the, to, to the office, then, you know, he worked it out up there. They got the marginal tax bracket to 37%. Now, it wasn't 94. It went from 94 to 60 mm-hmm. in 1960. And from 60 to when Reagan was there, it went to 37. But my point is, there's no, no, there's no rule out there that taxes can't go up. Oh, yeah. But to, to think that they're not going to when we're being as poorly managed as we've ever been managed. And I, look, it, it, it's not one party. It's both of them. Yeah, it's true. But what do you, the, the point is, what are you going to do about that? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think it's a, it's a great time to reach out to us and uh, give us a call at 888-532-0503. Let us give you a, uh, a comprehensive opinion of what you've done, what you've done well, what you maybe need to work on. Explain to you what it cost 
the fees, the tax consequence. You know, what, what we're offering is a comprehensive view of your financial picture, and we're making sure that it meets your goals and expectations when you're going to need it. And not only are we going to do that, we're going to show you what it looks like if things change, like tax brackets and so on. You need to be aware of that. We are not entitled to anything. If you want it, go get it. Mm-hmm. After you go get it, I would get me a team of professionals that's going to be dedicated to helping you keep it. Mm-hmm. I would call us at 888-532-0503. Go to myironplan.com. Do yourself a favor. Do that. Listen to the shows. Go to the website. And then book your call. Mm-hmm. There's no obligation. I promise you, after an hour with us, you'll feel better about your financial future. Or at, le- at the very least, you'll know what you need to do to fix it. Sounds so great, Mel. 5320503. Give Mel and Che a call. 888-532-0503. 888-532-0503. Quick break. We're going to come back. And when we come back, we're going to round out our checklist of items to consider on your road to retirement, along with some tips and strategies to help you streamline that planning process. It happens with Mel and Che right after this. Hey, we are back on Iron Plan Radio. I'm Steve Siddall, and joining me as always, Mal Mason and Che Kyle. Mal is founder and chairman of Iron Plan Solutions Group. He's been helping folks for more than 30 years getting to and through retirement. And Che, alongside him, CEO, advisor, strategic partner at Iron Plan Solutions Group, and so much more. Uh, so, okay, we're going to continue our list. We got some... We got some stuff checked off in the first segment. Uh, we've got to have a written plan. We got to have a budget or a spending plan. We need to talk about income. We talk about health care. Tax is always a problem, or not a problem, but always something that has to be dealt with. Where else are we? What else do we need to go on the list here? I think next is uh, asset inventory. Ooh, inventory. I like it. Exactly. You think so, but then we go through it, and it's not nearly as fun as it sounds. That's not nearly as exciting. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about your allocations. How are you allocated? What is your risk tolerance? Um, what is your risk exposure? How much risk are you actually exposed to with your current investments? Um, those are things that, when we look at a portfolio, we can help you decipher. Um, getting a statement from your broker or your or your Edward Jones guy or whoever you're working with sometimes can be very intimidating. And I think just getting that statement doesn't help you understand what's going on. But talking to a professional really can bring some clarification to what you're doing. Well, yeah. Um, well, I mean, you know, Che, you make a great point. The, the statements, if you've seen them, I mean, they're kind of easy to understand. But wait a minute, what is that? And then You're wh- being too oh, nice, Steve. Don't even lie. They're not <laughs> easy to understand. No, they're not. But that's the whole point is like, you know, you look at this thing and I need some help here. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, it's not your job to understand them. And part of that is, I don't know if it's mumbo jumbo on the paper, but it's <laughs> a financial pl- planner can uh, can really decipher that for you and make it into language that you can understand. And sure. I think that's what we bring to the table a lot to our clients some clarification on what they're doing, um, letting them know what they're doing is working for them or what's not working for them. Mm-hmm. But um, having somebody look at those investments, helping them understand what their allocations, how do they, how does that perform? How does that work for me? And um, well, and, and and it's critical on the way that you draw from those accounts Mm -hmm. and from those different classes of assets. Mm -hmm. There is a logical order, you know, like you, you want to spend your lowest yielding rate of return. That's taxable first. Yeah. 
I'm not going to go through the whole detail, but that's where it starts until you get to the asset that has no, no income taxes and no limit for growth. Yeah. Between there is your, is your spending strategy, depending on what you own. And we do that. We don't just do that once. We do that every year mm-hmm. on anniversary so that we, we know exactly what, what we have. Is that within our expectations? And in what order are we going to spend it? Mm-hmm. The one question I get more on this radio show than anything that I've done is, okay, you know, we, we feel like we've done pretty well, and they have. Mm-hmm. And what, what, what order do I spend it in? I don't want to mess that up. A distribution strategy, and, and it's, it's what we're best at. Yeah. Well, again, I mean, that's you just said it, Mel. There are strategies, and and those strategies, there's multiple strategies that can, and one of them may apply to you, and that's what that's where you start really, sort of fine tuning the plan to make it really individualized. You know, well, absolutely. You know, I, I read something the other day about the rule of one hundred comes oh, yeah. into pl- comes into play when you're talking about your asset inventory, and it, what they're talking about there is that as you get closer to hundred. The you know if you're 60, then 60 percent of your money should be in less risky investments, bonds, etc., and then 40 percent in equities. And if you're 70, it's 70 30. And and you know I guess that's better than nothing. Yeah. But I'd hate to think that I'm supposed to not outlive my money on that advice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that rule, I guess somebody come up with that one when they said buy and hold and don't sell. You can put that in that same goofy category. So sure. Um. It's the you same know, category of it's just a paper loss. That's oh my. correct. Yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, gosh, yeah. yeah. Just a paper if I loss. sell it now, it really will be a loss. It's a, it's loss. a loss. I got news for you, Junior. It's already a loss. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, but you know, my point is, is that they, the rule of one hundred assumes you're going to live to be a hundred. How many people you know do that? And then on top of that, what if you plan on working until you're seventy? Yeah. So the seventy is really the new sixty. There's a lot that has to do with time horizons. And you can't afford not to outpace inflation until the last minute. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're 55 or plus, you need to be more defensive than you are offensive. But that don't mean you just go crawl in a hole and wait till you retire. I know. No, of course I mean, not. So, exactly. uh, you know, I'm certain at some point when somebody thought of that, they got paid a lot of money to say, oh, the rule of 100, good for you. And eh, not so much anymore. There's so many. You know how many people I have that says, I'm going to work in retirement. I, could, I would, don't know what I would do. Exactly. We have a lot more. I mean, one, we're in better health. Right. And they still want to do stuff. They, they right. don't want to stay at home and, and, and pick up a hobby and, and, and just look at, across the counter at their spouse all day long. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's, it's I mean, interesting. Would you please go back to work? <laughs> so my brother-in-law has been, a, been an independent business owner his whole life, a couple different businesses, and he's now 72 years old. And he's thinking, you know, maybe we should sell the business. And, and then he says, but I don't know what I'd do. Yeah. And, and, he's, and he means it because he, he has worked like that diligently for 50 years. I get it. I, I love what I do. Yeah, as, um, as does he. Mm-hmm. I, so what know, do you do? I mean, what what do you tell him? Well, you know, all we can do is say, hey, you can go. I told a guy this this morning on the way to work. I said, you can go whenever you want. My advice hasn't changed because of the way you want to spend your assets. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, what do you mean? I said, well, you ask us vaguely, could you go right now? And the answer we gave you was the chronological order that we had discussed before a year from now. And he said, yeah. He said, well, if I go now, that doesn't work. I said, no, we just rearranged the way we take the assets. You still have enough assets 
to quit. Oh, I said, so the question is, and this is the one you're really struggling with, do you want to go right now or not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he has the same problem that I have and that a lot of my clients have. We never thought we'd make what we make. Mm-hmm. I have the great fortune and blessing that I love what I do. Mm-hmm. So why am I in a hurry? Yeah. This guy has doing. He probably does less than he's ever done before in his life at work and makes more money because he's earned it. Mm-hmm. Well, why does he want to quit? Yeah. Oh, I tell you why. Because she wants him home. Yep. You see that? I mean, that's a dilemma we hear more and more every day. Um, and and Chad made a great point. They're healthier. Mm-hmm. They they're not sick or feel bad or hate life. Yeah. You know, they almost feel like they should be working. So, you know, Steve, that's a that's a great question. Um, you know, the other one is uh, that I think I would be most worried about right now. I am worried about it personally. Is Social Security? Oh yeah. Okay. Well, and again, boy, I was reading again just this week. It's sort of bur- bubbling beneath the surface again. The major changes they're talking about. It's a mess. That's it is problem. a mess. I mean, can you imagine someone living on a fixed income, and Social Security is eighty percent of the plan? 80% of their income is counted from, from Social Security, and they're talking about maybe having a twenty a, a benefit decrease? 20. Oh, gosh. So 20% is what I'm getting at, Steve. And here's the other part. Put yourself in, and again, this is neither party. It's both. Mm-hmm. Put yourself in the government's shoes. We have perpetrated a fraud on the American people since 1940. They put money in. When they get there, it's going to be there. All right. Now, originally, Social Security was for widowers and widows and disability people. But then they decided they'd make it a pension fund. Mm. So they did that. And shortly after that, the Congress and Senate, they started borrowing from the Social Security Trust Fund to do other things. Mm. So whether you, you are aware of it or not, there's no big vault somewhere in Washington where all the money sits for Social Security. There's a, there is, but it's full of IOUs from the United States Senate and Congress. Oh, yeah. So they don't have any money. Mm. We're $33 trillion in debt. So if, if from a GDP standpoint, if we're at 134, means we don't make enough money to pay our debt. So either we increase, you think of yourself as a business, we either increase our prices so we make more money, mm-hmm. taxes, or we cut spending. Take a pay cut. Layoffs. That's where you're at. So if we're not going to lay anybody off, oh, man, you know, that entitlement program over there that it's an entitlement. But no, it's a savings account that everybody put money in, and now you're telling me that you're going to give me less than you promised me mm-hmm. because you screwed it up. Yeah. So as the government, how do you approach someone you want to vote for you and say, hey, man, uh, we was stealing <laughs> or we miscalculated or whatever lie it is you want to pull out, but I want you to vote for me. So they don't want to talk about that in 2030 they're going to have to fix it. It's insolvent. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you what the insurance industry is doing about it. They're starting to make plans inside of the pensions they manage for you. North American started it, it's one mm-hmm. to come to mind, where they will enhance your benefit by double, mm-hmm. and you can use that benefit to offset the the uh, decrease in, the decrease in the Social Security pension. And I promise you, if that actuarial team is thinking of that, it's the clock happen. is already ticking. It's ticking. Because they, they don't dream up stuff. Actuarial people, they do a lot of things that make mistakes. 
Exactly. So, I mean, so Social Security really makes me nervous. Yeah, it really um, does. Because most people would have to work part-time if Social Security were to get hammered. I mean, really, a lot of people would have to work part-time, if not full-time. Well, let me tell you the other part of that. Everybody just thinks Medicare is like this golden godchild that's untouchable. Mm-hmm. Well, there's not a health facility in the world going to take care of you for free. So if you don't have assets and Medicare cuts back, you know, everybody always says the United States has the greatest health care in the world. How would you like to wait six months to get a test to see if you have cancer? That's crazy. And that's happening in other countries. That's going to happen here. Mm-hmm. I don't know why everybody thinks. We, let me tell you something else. Everybody thinks we're immune to, to civil war. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you've got 2% of the country raising hell while the other 98% disagrees with them. So why do you think Social Security or, or Medicare is going to be any different? <laughs> Anyway, that bothers me. Um, And if we get through all that, then we get to plan for legacies and wills and trust and all that. Mm -hmm. Um, Which, you know, probate, man, you have to start with probate. And then the wills and trust, if you want to do us a favor as an advisor, we we almost demand it. I'm not going to manage that circus because you didn't want to take two hours of your life to do a will. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I didn't, you know, come on, man. <laughs> and if you've been putting it off, just give us a call. Let me tell you how easy that is. You can put that, that whole thing to bed in 45 minutes. You really can. Well, yes. folks, now would be a great time to give Mal a call, challenge him on that, and come on in and do it. Exactly. Give us a call at 888-532-0503. Call us. Schedule an appointment with us. We'll talk to you about your current finances where you'd like it to go. Um, we'll assess all your fees, give you a risk assessment. We'll talk about a tax analysis that will reveal any way to possibly reduce your taxes and increase your cash flow. We'll also develop a customized income plan that you can't outlive, giving you a comprehensive financial review that we will be providing completely free with no obligation. I mean, all the things that Mal talked about earlier, Social Security, Medicare, those are all topics that we talk about with our clients, and we help them give the solutions that are going to make them sleep well at night. Give us a call, 888-532-0503. Sounds great, Mal. Uh, che, uh, we need to take a short break, but we're going to continue a conversation here with Mal and Che in just a couple of minutes. So don't go anywhere. More My Iron Plan is on the way right after this. back on my iron plan with mal and che having a fun conversation boy we're going through the checklist and i think this one's we're going to dig in so i I gotta ask you um you know we we talk about the spouse the spouse is not really understanding what each other does is that is that something that you've seen i mean where where things are kept separate well they should be if if one of them's a saver and a budgeter and the other one's not yeah both of them shouldn't go down on the same ship (laughs) <laughs> you know, that's a that's a tough decision to have, though, with clients. But we make sure when, you know, if you are the one that's making all the monetary decisions, but you're going to go back home and talk to your wife about it or your your, your husband about it, yeah. um, you both need to be in those meetings. It's important that you both hear what we have to say so that we both can be on the same page. It's it, it's like uh, fighting a war with someone that's not, that's not in attendance today. Well, and mm-hmm. w- what is the chance of you repeating back to your spouse, what I said at fifty percent accuracy, <laughs> like a bad oh, game of telephone. Less than that, yeah. <laughs> you know, so the so what's the wife say? Oh, that sounds terrible. 
nothing gets done. Yeah. Right. Or the, uh, or the husband says, you didn't tell me you were going. Well, here's the deal. That's one thing you have to be together on. If you come and meet with us and we decide that y'all need to separate and run two different economies, then we'll show you how to do that. But you need to have that discussion. And here's the other thing. Almost always, naturally, there's one person that's financially savvy savvy, mm. and one that's not so much. Do not appoint the bookkeeping job to the one that's not so much. <laughs> that's not fair. <laughs> no. Right. That's one of the biggest things I ever I, that I see. And normally it's because... They, you know, they stay at home. They don't work as much. Mm-hmm. That doesn't matter. Doesn't if you're matter. the one that's financial savvy, you're the one that needs to be pulling the trigger. Mm-hmm. Uh, that will cre- that is probably worth twenty percent of your total retirement income right there. Mm-hmm. Is that the person does it? It's natural to them. Yep. And there's almost one, almost always one of you can are savvy. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I, that when they say whole regular budget meetings, the savvy one's normally the one that calls the meeting. Mm-hmm. You know, and then they call me and they say, hey, we need to come talk to you about this. Yeah, but they need to talk about saving, spending habits, income. Um, you know, the spending habits, I think, is a hard topic for spouses to come together on. because well, it they really realize, is. Like you said, one person's a saver and the other one's a spender. And all of a sudden it comes to light. No one wants to, to look bad <laughs> in, that, right. in that meeting. But you know what? It, you need open communication if you want this to work and both of y'all retire comfortably. Um, and you need to be honest with yourself. If you if you are spending too much, you might need to address that. Right. You know? Well, and again, you talk about whole whole regular budgeting meetings. I mean, it's like my wife and I do this once a month, um, and we call it a we call it a money date. Mm-hmm. And you know, you make a big deal out of it. You just yeah. and and again, we just it just helps us keep on track and understand where we're at, and it's it's just a, a comfortable thing to do. Well, and, and let me put everybody at ease about something. Th- this is. It's, it's not that I know more than you, and you don't know much as I do, and all that. <laughs> well, yeah. Use my wife and I as an example. She's a retired school teacher, so you know she's very educated. You know that she teaches well, or she wouldn't have done that for 30 years. Can she run the budget? She absolutely can. Will it take her three times longer than it will me? Yes, because I'm, I'm going to get right in there and get it done. I've already set up the templates. I don't have to think. I mean, it's just like one down automatic all day long. Why would I put her through that? So I'm like you, Steve. Once a month, I set her down begrudgingly, and I tell her, hey, let me just tell you where we're at. She's like, okay. Is there anything you need to know to me? No. Okay. See you. All right. That's how easy that is. So it's not like you're not adequate because you don't do it. It's just let the person who naturally does it do it yeah. and have a meeting about it. Exactly. And if you got a problem that you can't agree on or or – or you can't figure out, then reach out to your advisor and say, hey, man, you want to look at this? Yeah. So let's mm-hmm. talk about a raise. So oh, I love this you know, one, yeah. I mean, I think that it's a, when you get a raise, which is a very exciting thing, and mm-hmm. you don't necessarily have to spend it, but you can put it to work. Yes. You know, you weren't, the raise wasn't in your budget before. Yes. So let's, let's take good use of that and start putting that towards some of your retirement. Make sure a good portion of that goes towards your retirement bucket because you already budgeted for what you were already making. Right. So, you know, take, yeah, I mean, maybe go out to a nice dinner that one time because you're a good job on the raise, honey. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, right. Exactly. You know, but don't, don't blow it all thinking, let's, let's, increase our, let's increase our budget and spend it all. I mean, you just put yourself back in the same spot that you were before, not in a better spot when you could really be, make good use of a raise. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then when we talk about um, a spousal contribution to an IRA, what do we mean? I hope it's a Roth IRA. Okay, yes, I would hope so, too. You remember at the end of the rainbow on the IRA, the IRS is sitting there patting their foot. (laughs) They can't wait. 
You're their pension. Had <laughs> a boy defer it at a lower tax bracket so I can nail you later. So think about that. But there's a Roth out there. If you're a business owner, there are some really, really, really good retirement vehicles for a closely held business. If you'd like to know about that, you should reach out and call me at 888-532-0503. But, Steve, what you're talking about here is an individual who normally uh, is a W-2 employee and does an IRA on the side. Mm -hmm. After I've made all the fun of it and told you how terrible it is, it beats not doing anything. Yeah, Sure. So you should do it. Exactly. And spousal contribution because he or she doesn't have any earned income of their own, this helps support their retirement savings. So it's a right. great way of you know <clears throat> putting it away. But again, you you can uh, put that money away, even if you put it in a brokerage account, mm-hmm. um, same money, but go ahead and pay the taxes on it. Mm-hmm. Make it a Roth Don't be own. exposed to income tax in retirement. Well, and that's that's one of the things that you do. The way you structure a plan is you try to, to, to minimize or mitigate as much taxes as possible. Just pay what we owe, but not a penny more. Well... Absolutely. And, and I, I want everybody to take a minute, take a deep breath, and, and don't run off the road when I say this, but listen to what I'm about to say. Your worst enemy and my worst enemy to live the life I want to live in retirement is taxes. Taxes together is a greater enemy than all, of, all the other ones combined. There's only one way to beat taxes, and that's death. And I don't plan on, I don't plan on getting in retirement and kicking out of here. No. No. So if you're planning to live... You better have a plan for them because they're waiting. And listen, I'm not making them out like they're a bad guy. They are the collection arm of a mismanaged government agency. How about that? That's as nice as you'll ever hear anybody explain the IRS. <laughs> they have to do what Congress wrote in the law for them to do. It's just about that time where the government's going to say, ooh, we got, we got caught. They're going to find out that we've been doing this to them all this time. We're going to have to go collect more money. Yep. And, pick, you know, I love this. Pick up the phone and call your congressman right now. Yeah, <laughs> let's see what he does. Oh, Good luck with that. You, what you better do is get you a team of financial professionals and get your plan tight. Yeah, exactly. 134% income to debt ratio. Oh. If you were a business, you would be out of business. That's true. If this was your own budget, you'd be, yeah. You, yeah, you'd you'd be, be bankrupt. Yeah, you'd be very stressed out. So, you know, I mean, here it is in February. So let's begin the year by planning together for retirement. Start it off right, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> you tell them, Chad. Exactly. So review your retirement plans with your spouse. Discuss and decide a strategy for the new year and determine how much each of you will contribute to retirement in the upcoming year. I like that because it's not all on one person's job to you save the money, you make the money. But even on the other person's, the other spouse, the one that's at home, the one that's spending the money, maybe they can help tighten the belt a little bit to put more money away for, for retirement. Sure. Well, it's a great point that you make. I was just telling you how, you know, I'm the financial savvy one that does, and I give the report. But if, if I wanted to shop for something, the first thing I'm going to do is send my wife to do it because she's going to get a deal. I know. <laughs> I'll get fed up with looking for it and just say, oh, the heck with it. That's, I don't care if I do get it $10 cheaper. I know. But not her. She, oh, yeah. She's going to get down to it. So, you know, it, it, I agree. It, it, listen, the best way to, to save money it, after if you make enough, number one, for your basic expenses is to not spend too much. Mm-hmm. They, they hold hands, and you better figure out both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, and then mending disagreements. Yep. Man. Dave Ramsey probably says that best. Either get it figured out or separate your assets. Well, you know, we had we had a, a meeting with a couple of clients earlier last, well, later last year, and um, they were not on the same page as far as <laughs> retirement goals. Not at all. He was 
he was ready. He's he's in his fifties and he's he's ready to start putting stuff away and making sure he has a nest egg for them to retire on right into the sunset. And she's thinking, nope, nope, I just want that new uh, that new Michael Kors purse and mm-hmm. uh, you know, and I'm not even I'm not even worried about that. I yeah. mean, and it was such a strange disconnect and there's hmm. nothing that we can do to make them connect together <laughs> no <laughs> you know and i think that was uh, hopefully it's an eye-opener for him and he'll he'll have a, a more candid discussion with her out of the office but um i mean his retirement is being seriously held back because she doesn't want to even look at it she doesn't even want to want it doesn't want to help well and you know i can't tell you how many times steve from again back to psychology that every so often we run into and it i've been on both sides male and female where somebody just said, well, you know, I, I really don't think that the bell's ever going to toll. Life's just going to keep going on, and I can do whatever I want and act however I want. I don't, I, had to, I don't have to be financially responsible. And the other person is, is always the less dominant person, and they just get walked on. Mm-hmm. And that is sad. And thank God there's some love there, because if not, there'd be a divorce. <laughs> and, well, and, gray uh, divorce certainly happening more than it ever has. Well, you know, and and this all started um, the whole idea of education and radio and all that. And, and instead of being just an, an average advisor, we wanted to become educators. My goal in the beginning was if we could just stop uh, thirty people, th- thirty couples a year, if we could end the biggest argument that they have, which is finances. Mm-hmm. What kind of impact would that have on their lives? And at the end of the day, when we were, when Che and I were found, when I'm finished, and I look back and I say, I did some good there. You know, these they, there's there's this many people that are not only are they retired, but they're happily retired, and they don't fuss and fight no more. Mm-hmm. Because you hit the nail on the head. Number one cause for divorce in the United States is money. Yeah, financial differences. So hopefully we we've, we've done that well enough. And um, if you would like for us to do that for you, just reach out to me. 888-532-0503. Che and I, that's what we do every day. We live for it. We want to do tax analysis, fee assessments. You know, take a, a snapshot of where your current assets are, what your asset al- allocation should be. You know, even if you have an existing 401k that we're never going to manage, mm-hmm. we will help you understand and, and make sense of what investment allocations you should be in based on your risk profile. When you do that and you assess the fees and the taxes and you put all that in a package and someone gives you that for for free or they review what you currently have for nothing, Mm -hmm. you know, I I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, well, but you got to get paid. We'll get paid. We do enough of this that four out of ten people is going to hire us. Two of them is going to hire us in the next six months. The other four never will. So Mm -hmm. there isn't any pressure. There's not going to be a sales situation. There's going to be us answering your questions and giving you some really good information to take home with you and to digest and to have a better relationship with not only your spouse, but your money. So reach out and give us a call, 888-532-0503. There's never been a time like there is right now for risk and for reward, but you need to understand where the risks are so that you can take advantage of the rewards. So give us a call. 888-532-0503. 888-532-0503. We are going to take a quick break, and when we come back, ah, it's question time. The listeners have been busy submitting questions, and Mal and Jay are going to be busy answering them when we come right back.
Hey, we are back on Iron Plan Radio with Mel Mason and Jake Kyle. I'm Steve Siddall. We have uh, had a good show. Boy, we went through some checklists. We did some stuff today. I mean, you guys really laid it out there in, in, a, in a way that I don't think I've heard before. You know, I think this is a great time to start this because it's the beginning of the year. People yeah. need to get it together. You know, uh, those New Year's resolutions are <laughs> right there still. So while it's still fresh in your memory, go ahead and get these lists done and give us a call. You know. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so here we are. Um, questions from listeners. We've got uh, we've got some of them here today and uh, pretty good questions. I think Paul's up first. Paul says, I've been a firefighter since I was 19. I'm going to retire next year at the age of 49. Now, at this young age, short of getting another job, how can I supplement my pension? Hmm. Oh, Paul, I mean, if you've been a firefighter and I mean, we've 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 actually seen some that have retirement plans that are really really well uh other pension plans are phenomenal they really are um but you still have to consider you're 49 you're, you're going to be 15 years out before you can get medicare so those costs are going to be uh accumulate each year and it's going to get more expensive so you might want to think about getting a part-time job uh to supplement your pension something you love yeah something you love you could use you know at, at this age you really are still at, at the prime of your life and you could really do anything you want really Sure. Um, so I would suggest maybe getting a, a, a part-time job that you would love to, to supplement your pension. I mean, you should, if you've worked well and you've worked for, whether it's the city or the county or the state, however, the firefighter, wherever you were at, um, that pension should should be enough to last you in retirement for sure. But is it enough to last you for inflation or for any of the dips that we're going to have uh-huh. in the next 10, 15, 20 years? You know, I agree. I, I've been doing this a long time and... Um, you know, I guess, Paul, I don't know what you've done in the past, but if you've got some rental, if you have some, some property or some uh, stock that is um, paying you a passive income in addition to your pension, then you can make it to Social Security. And, you know, I'm not going to tell you it's not doable. I just 49 is an awful young retirement age. Yeah, it really is. Um, and if you if you just look at it a different way, if you work from 49 to 55, and you really can retire, mm-hmm. then every dime you make for the next six years should go into savings. Because yeah. you just said you didn't need your income. Mm-hmm. So won't you work six more years and kick it to the moon? Yeah. I mean, nice. I, I said what I, I – unless it, it is unless you, you, you're not well, yeah. I, I think I would work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, and again, yes. at that age, you've, I mean, health care, you know, is a, is a big priority at that point. I mean, unless it's covered by his pension, which may or may not may be. May or true. may not be. That's, That's right. right. And and if it's not, at 49 is just for him, mm. probably $600 a month. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so give us a call. Um, we'd love to hear from you, Paul, and uh, eight. 8- Eight eight five three two zero five zero three. Sharon has a question. She says, "I've been. Uh, I have a meeting scheduled with you next week. I wanted to see if it would be okay to bring along my eighteen-year-old son, who's heading off to college in a few months. Thanks and appreciate what you do." Huh. Well, first of all, Sharon, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's never too young. Um, we would love the opportunity for your eighteen-year-old to sit in on our meeting. Um, yeah, it, you know it's so odd. I was I was actually talking to one of my mentors this morning on the. I had a a meeting over in uh, about an hour away, so I, on the drive back, I was talking to my friend, and he is uh, about twenty years older than me, and he, he he we were talking about money and the way people save money, and how you know when we were younger, how we were broke, 
Um, I mean, really broke. You know, people joke about ramen noodles and stuff like that. I I lived that while I was putting my way, myself through school. Um, and I wish someone had taught me just a part. I wish someone had taught me about amortization schedules and compounding interest and how the same thing, they're both the same thing, how one works for you and the other one kills you. Because mm-hmm. when you, you look at buying a house and it's $200,000 and your total payments at the end of 30 years is 485000 you say, oh, my God, I spent $285,000. If you're upset about that, the two eighty-five at 5.5% for 30 years mm-hmm. is going to break your heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the opportunity you lost because you were giving the money to the bank. Mm-hmm. I'm not telling you you can't do it. I'm telling you you need to understand you're doing it. Mm-hmm. So sure. anytime we get a chance to educate, I don't care how old they are. If they're willing to listen, we're willing to teach. Yeah. Um it's very smart of you, Sharon, to, to bring them in, really. I mean, like you said, getting them a jump start on the education of finances is amazing. Well, yeah. The, the younger you start, the, the younger you start to understand where the pitfalls are, the potential for errors, the things that has to be undone and overcame that you can avoid and just sure. do it right the first time. If you think back and you could have talked to yourself when you're 25 and started saving then. I mean, wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that, you know, again, th- this could be a very powerful tool for this for this young man. I mean, to, to be able to begin to get an understanding of where his mom's at, how she's going to get to where she is. I mean, that hopefully he's, a, you know, a smart kid and uh, we'll, we'll understand that. Che and I have a client that is one of our wealthiest and best clients. Mm-hmm. And he called me about a year ago and said, I want to introduce you to my nephew. Can I take you to lunch? I said, sure. So we go to lunch, and his nephew was had a two-year degree and was starting in the real estate business. And his, his nephew sits there, and he tells him he tells me what his plans are. And he, that he's um, after three months, he's going to give me half of every commission sale he makes. And I said, okay. You know, you know how many times I've heard that, right? Mm-hmm. It sounds good. But the client that I'm sitting there with is, I mean, he's dead serious. And I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe he's got some of that in him, you know? Yeah. That guy religiously comes through our door and writes us a check. He came just the other day. He came just the other day, yeah. Um, And he's 20? He's 20. He's young. He's saving, oh, my gosh. I mean, he's saving $10,000, $12,000 a year. I mean, just smart as can be. I mean, I mean, really. And just the nicest person. And then just more the importantly, I asked him, I said, how's real estate business? He said, it is what you make it. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, Sharon, I can't wait to see you. Bring your your son. Bring anybody you want. I mean, <laughs> if, if as long as they're serious about where they want to go, we're serious about helping them. Eight 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 five three two zero five zero three. Sharon, give us a call. Uh, Malinche would love to talk with you and your son. Uh, Curtis has a question now. He says, "My mother has long term has had long term care insurance for years. Now they've gone up on her premium yet again." They'll tell, they're telling us that she has two options. One, cancel. Two, take less coverage. She's 70, for crying out loud. What can she do? You know, Curtis, I've, I've dealt with this with our personal clients as well, and it is, it is a hard truth really right now. The insurance company have realized that they have misbilled uh, those way back when. And those long-term care insurances, they're realizing they can't afford them. So they're, they're giving them these options. And it's crazy because these clients are on a fixed budget. I mean, she's 70. She's on a fixed budget. And she can't expect to keep paying for a, a benefit that she might not even use, which is crazy. So, I mean, unfortunately, with those two choices, cancel it or take less coverage, I would say take less coverage 
because there's nothing else she could do with that funds that would give her long-term care coverage now at the age of 70. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, and I know this because I've dealt with a lot of clients that, and I've looked at all the options and taking, like, cancel it and take the cash value. Lots of times that cash value is literally just the premiums that you paid in, if that. Well, and, and maybe. Maybe. Just, just maybe. If you have some money sitting somewhere, mm-hmm. uh, North American has a contract where, they have a, a long-term care benefit rider built into the contract. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's a better answer for you. You know, the the whole problem with long-term care insurance is that you're betting that you will need it, and they're betting you won't. Exactly. The long, the North American contract, if you don't need it, great, it's, spend it's it. Your, exactly. It's your, it's money. your money. money. If you do need it, we're going to enhance that benefit and help you pay for that coverage. And if you, if you did it that way, you could take the premium out of your budget and maybe – Turn a negative into a positive, but maybe. I mean, I I, I certainly. Look at the I would talk entirely. to Che about that exactly. for certain. She she'd be the one to to point you in the right direction on that. All right, Curtis, give us a call eight 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 five three two zero five zero three. We've got time for one more. Let's go to Alan. Uh, Alan says, "I hear you talking about annuities, but my current con- my current advisor is not about them or annuities at all. Why the contradiction?" Hmm. <laughs> well, Alan. He may be right, um, but to uh, from a blanket statement of I'm not into annuities, then he must not be into clients who are 55 years of age and older and looking to retire with no risk to their principal, being able to outpace inflation with their market-like returns, and no fees. Mm-hmm. And maybe that last part's what's really bothering him, because no fees means he don't get paid. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, we do enough of this that the insurance carriers know we're really good at it, and they pay me. Mm-hmm. And I'll mm-hmm. tell you exactly to the dime how they pay me. Exactly. Um, but when I hear someone say, oh, I don't believe in annuities. I don't believe in life insurance. Why don't you say what you really meant was you don't understand them well enough to really offer an opinion. Because That's truly un- what it is, isn't it? If you understood them, you would never say that. Exactly. Never. And I, and I would challenge you. I mean, I've been there with, you name it, uh, Morgan Stanley. It doesn't matter who it is. Whatever. You don't know what you don't know. Do you read the contract? You look at a proposal, and you tell me that that's not appropriate for the right person. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not, look, an annuity for a forty-year-old, no. Yeah. But if you're sixty years old and you're rolling your pension, it's a half million dollars. I challenge you to even get close to what we can do. Yeah. It's just what's appropriate for, the for their situation. You know, you hear us talk about that all the time, making the proper recommendation. But. More often than not, when you hear someone say, oh, I'm just not in them, that's because they want to sell you, sell you, not advise you, not plan for you. They want to sell you how they get paid. And most of the time, they're not even aware there's a better way because their broker-dealer don't allow them to do things other than what they get paid on. That's Wall Street. That's why I don't work for them anymore. That's why we're independent. So more often, that's what it is. And I get fired up about that because I have been there when the 71-year-old client walked in the door and his 800000 is 400000 and he's looking at me telling me, how am I going to live to 80? Yeah, hmm. there wasn't nobody in the room then but me. The guy who gave the bad advice wasn't invited. <laughs> Go figure. Go figure. So, Alan, be careful. Be, know who you're talking to. Get second opinions. Um, yeah. But, you know, that'd be like me if, if I said, oh, man, manage money is terrible. Manage money is great. I got some. Exactly. Jay's got some. Exactly. <laughs> it's it, it it like you said. It, is it suitable? Well, first of all, be a fiduciary. Mm-hmm. 
Do the right thing. Just do the right thing. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So let's uh, let's remind folks, you've still got some spots available this week, so let's invite them to call and come on in. Exactly. Listeners, it's time to act. With all the unpredictability in the markets, the economy, and the world, it's important to be proactive and not reactive. Take that first step right now and by calling in and schedule your conversation with us. This is where we get to know your story, the story of your money, and any concerns you have right now. This analysis will include a fee report and a risk assessment to help you recognize unnecessary losses and see if we can simply protect your assets and bring clarity to your financial picture. You don't know what you don't know, and I think we'll give you a lot of clarity and a lot more peace of mind. Second, we'll perform a tax analysis to reveal how you could possibly reduce your taxes and increase your cash flow. We'll also develop a customized income plan utilizing proven strategies which could strengthen your retirement income and take the worry out of living in retirement. In short, we're going to give you our financial planning for you. And for the next 10 callers, that's a comprehensive financial review that we are providing complimentary with no obligation. Just give us a call, 888-532-0503. Sounds fantastic, folks. Uh, Boy, the time has just flown by today, as it always does. I want to thank everybody for listening. And we do hope that you found the information that, that we presented today helpful, and we certainly look forward to uh, talking and and visiting with you again next week with new topics and questions right here on Iron Plan Radio. Amal Che, always a pleasure to be here. Thank you, Steve. Thanks, Steve. Investment advisory services offered through Iron Plan Solutions Group, a registered investment advisor. During the show, Mal Mason and Che Kyle provide general information, not individually targeted personalized advice, and are not liable for the usage of information discussed. Exposure to ideas and products or services should not be considered investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell any of these financial vehicles. This information should also not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax, legal, accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory services. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are offered through Iron Plan Solutions Group. By contacting Iron Plan Solutions Group, you may be provided information regarding the purchase of insurance products.